Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Jan Urbach, and today we're studying Masechet Sukkot, Daf Gimel, page 3. Today we move from our consideration of the height of a sukkah to its size. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yitzchak says that for a sukkah to be valid, it has to be large enough to accommodate a person's head, most of one's body, and one's table. This teaching evokes a Mishnah, Sukkah, Perak 2, Mishnah 7. Mishe haya roshov rubo besukkah, v'shulchano betoch habayit, beit shamay poslin, uveit hillel machshirin. One who had his head and the majority of his body within the sukkah, and his table within the house. Beit Shammai declare it invalid, and Beit Hillel declare it valid. Initially, on questioning by Rabbi Abba, it seems that Shmuel Bar Yitzchak is ruling in accordance with Beit Shammai here, which is the accepted halacha. But what exactly is the debate between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel about? Are we sure it's about the minimum size of the sukkah? Perhaps instead, it's about a sukkah which is certainly large enough and whose entrance abuts a door to one's house. And an individual is sitting in the sukkah right at the entrance with her head and most of her body within the sukkah, but the table is in the house. And because Beit Shammai are concerned that the person may lean over the table while eating such that she's no longer really in the sukkah, Beit Shammai issues a gazera against sitting this way in one sukkah, while Beit Hillel aren't concerned. In other words, is this a debate about the validity of the sukkah itself, or about the way an individual performs the mitzvah of dwelling in the sukkah? The language of the Mishnah is both consistent and inconsistent with each view. On the one hand, the Mishnah uses language that speaks about the person, one who had his head and the majority of his body. It's not language that speaks about the sukkah, machazeket, a sukkah that holds. This suggests that the dispute is about the individual fulfilling the mitzvah, not about the sukkah itself. On the other hand, as Marzutra points out, the Mishnah doesn't say yatsa or lo yatsa, he fulfilled his obligation or he didn't fulfill his obligation, it uses the language of kasher and pasul, valid or invalid. That seems to be talking about the sukkah, not the person, and suggests the issue really is the size of the sukkah. The Gemara concludes that Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel disagree about both issues, the size of the sukkah and where one may sit. And the language of the Mishnah is just overly concise. What it should have said is, one whose head and most of his body were in the sukkah and his table was in the house, Beit Shammai say lo yatsa, he didn't fulfill, and Beit Hillel say yatsa, he did fulfill. And 
a sukkah that holds only his head and most of his body, i.e. it's not big enough for the table too, Beit Shammai Poslin, declare unfit, and Beit Hillel Machshirin, declare fit. Now, in the midst of this discussion, the Talmud has raised a second consideration. When we're talking about the minimum size of a sukkah, how do we measure that? It turns out there's a debate within a debate. Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel disagree about the minimum size. If it's big enough to hold a person's head and most of his body, is that adequate? Or does it also have to be able to accommodate the table? But both agree that we measure by capacity. What does it hold? Yehudah Nasi, on the other hand, isn't interested in capacity, how much it actually holds. He says there's a minimum measure, four cubits by four cubits, roughly six square feet. In other words, Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel both focus on a somewhat subjective measure. Can the sukkah accommodate the person sitting or reclining in it and eating at a table? A tall or large person might need a bigger sukkah than a small person does. Yehuda Hanasi instead wants an objective measure. The minimum size of a sukkah isn't tied to a person's stature or girth or the size of the table. Everyone needs a sukkah of at least four square amot. Why might we choose one measure or another? Perhaps Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel are focused primarily on functionality. As long as the sukkah works for the person building it, and presumably others in the household, there's no particular need for a more standardized communal norm. After all, we build a sukkah at home. Why insist on conformity needlessly? While Yehuda Hanasi might like us to think more communally, even when we build our own personal Sukkot. After all, aren't we supposed to invite guests? And there might be a danger of an idiosyncratically small Sukkah being valid for the host, but invalid for a larger guest, and therefore potentially not only unwelcoming, but misleading. The Halakha, as I said, is according to Beit Shammai, um, the focus is on the functionality. It has to be big enough for to hold the majority of a person, the person's head, and the table. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't think about Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi's concerns and build a larger sukkah anyway. Then toward the bottom of Amud Aleph and onto Amud Bet, the Gemara then considers a parallel question. The minimum size of a house as opposed to a sukkah. Elsewhere, we learn in a Baraita that to constitute a valid house, a bayit, for a whole variety of purposes, such as being obligated for a mezuzah on the doorpost and a protective parapet on the roof, a house has to be at least four cubits by four cubits. Do we need to say, then, that the author of that Baraita regarding the minimum size of the house is Yehuda Hanasi? who holds that a sukkah too must be at least four by four. That would seem to make sense. But actually, no, we can't be sure. The Gemara says that it's possible that the Baraita could be according to the rabbis too. True, with a sukkah, the rabbis say that it only has to be big enough to hold the majority of a person, or alternatively, the person at the table. 
That is, it might be smaller than 4 by 4 and still be kosher. But that's a sukkah, a temporary structure. And people might be willing and able to live in a temporary residence that's really small. But with regard to a permanent house, that's a different thing. If it's too small, we can't really consider that a residence. In contemporary terms, we might say we wouldn't give such a residence a certificate of occupancy. That's our daily daf today. Thanks for learning with me all week and enjoy the rest of your studies. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.